0: Thanks for checking out this message from River Valley Church in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you. For more messages like this, make sure to check out our podcast. And for more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. All right, grab your um, message notes, your notebook, and you guys here, why don't you pull out a piece of paper and a pen and take some notes today. And I'm really excited about today's session, because we take a little turn, and I want to explain it to you before we get there. And that is, you, you, are, you, are, you are at this freedom uh, small group for a reason. You guys are in Highlands College for a reason. You have some things and ways that you were living and that you weren't completely satisfied with, and hopefully you have your eyes on a different life and more freedom in your life. And you are where you are right now because of some things that have happened. You are right now really because of one of three things. It's not in your notes. I'm just giving you this to explain why we're going here next. But you are in the condition you're in. You, you currently, every one of us, myself, we're all in the condition we're in right now because of one of three things. Number one is because just the stuff we did to ourselves. Like So we made some choices. We had made some decisions, good and bad. Uh, we've all sinned. And we are all living out, really, the, the, we're reaping, even though Jesus has forgiven us, we're really, in many cases, reaping what happened because of the choices that we've made. And we've dealt with a lot of that up to this point uh, in the curriculum. Second thing, reason why you're here in the condition that you're currently in is because of the things other people did to you. You, you had no, no decision in it. Uh, you didn't ask for it. But maybe you're the, um, you, maybe you're the byproduct of a, of a bad divorce uh, maybe you were in a divorce, uh, maybe you've had some kind of relational scar, maybe your parents didn't affirm you, maybe you, uh, you had conflict, uh, maybe you had a tragedy, you had something that you didn't plan, you didn't ask it to happen, it just happened, and it created a wound. So we have sin, the things that we've chosen to do, and then we have wounds, the things that others, other people did to us, and again, over the last few weeks, we've really tried to touch those areas of hurts and wounds and unforgiveness and all those things, getting our hearts prepared again for the conference that's coming up in just a few weeks. But the third area our experience has told us is the area that it takes, it's the biggest leap for people to find freedom. And that is the third area, it's just the stuff the devil wants to do to you. There are curses, there are, like the enemy has a plan for your life and for whatever reason, I believe it's the devil himself has made this something that people actually shy away from. And maybe it's some of the horror movies or things like that where they've seen, you know, a priest with a cross and, you know, people are backed up in a chair and heads are spinning. None of that's going to happen to you. Relax, everybody, all right? But, but the devil's power in our life is very, very real. And one of my goals in this session is kind of to, to, to debunk the myths of spiritual warfare. Because if you're afraid of something, you're never going to be able to confront it. If you don't understand it and you don't have some level of confidence in it, uh, you're just going to continually really be someone that the enemy preys upon. And so I'm going to show you a bunch of verses Uh, In your heart, here's what needs to happen. You need to kind of make this where it's not weird to you, where it's not something you're afraid of, where it's something you feel some confidence in. And my goal is just to show you in the Bible and tell you some stories and give you some things to fill out in your notebook there that'll help all of that. Now, you need to understand right off the bat that a majority of the part of Jesus' ministry wasn't you know compassion and feeding and caring and those kind of things a lot of it was it wasn't even preaching and teaching the bible says that god anointed jesus of nazareth with the holy spirit and power and here's what he did he he went around doing good and he healed those who were under the power of the devil So he wasn't just confronting their physical situations. He was confronting their spiritual situations as well. Because listen to me, it's spiritual. It's not all spiritual. I'm not saying, you know, everything you face is a demon. Like if you ran out of gas, there's some Chevron demon somewhere. I'm not saying that at all. And I'm not telling you to look for a devil under every rock. What I am saying is it's probably more spiritual than you realize. Like there's a whole lot more going on in the spiritual realm then you realize, and you just cannot be unaware of that if you're, if you're going to be victorious. Um, when we first started the church, uh, we started the church in 2001. In 2001, of course, was the year that September 11th happened. Big tragedy. I don't know if you remember that day. I remember exactly where I was on that day. Happened on a Tuesday one year later, our church is about a year and a half old, and we were just big enough, about six, 800 people, just big enough to do our first invite the city to an event event. And so uh, September 11th, the one-year anniversary was going to fall next year on a Wednesday, and we were doing Wednesday night services. We thought, why don't we do a Wednesday gathering, but let's promote it to the city. So we rented a big hall that would seat uh, more than 2,000 people. It was kind of really our first event. And we were going to do a September 11th remembrance service. Now I want you to back up one week from September 11th, 2002 to September 4th, 2002. So it was another Wednesday night. It was the Wednesday night before our event. I was getting ready to come on stage, our little office complex that we had behind the Walmart here in Birmingham, just a little 230-seat auditorium that we had, and I was just doing our little Wednesday night leaders, leaders training, and my wife called right before I got on stage and said, I just got back from the doctor with... Sarah, who's our oldest, our daughter, and she had come home with something in her eye, and the so they went to the doctor. The doctor sent her to an optometrist or to an eye doctor, and the eye doctor sent her to a neurologist. So they saw three different doctors, and all of them, when they were sending, had these big, oh no, you need to go see them. They knew something we didn't know. The last stop, this neurologist did a CAT scan on her to see what was going on because they, what they realized is her eye was actually fine. It was the nerve between her eye and her, her brain that was in trouble and that, that, that her optic nerve was being deteriorated in that, in that eye. So it wasn't anything in her eye. It was the nerve. Why, that's why a neurologist. And when the neurologist did the CAT scan, they, they saw things on there that concerned them. Now, they didn't give us a definitive, this is what it is, but they did tell Tammy, you know, it may be the onset of multiple sclerosis, um, which, you know, I, don't even, I didn't even know what that was. And so Tammy says, what, do you, what, is, what is that and what do you do? And he says, well, there's really nothing we can do. We're sorry. And so she's telling me this right before I come on stage. Well, as you can imagine, it, it wrecked me. Because my mind goes to death, you know, wheelchairs, everything that my precious little uh, teenage girl here is you know, going to experience all this. And immediately because of my experience, I, I, know, I know it's spiritual. I know it's spiritual. I know it's, it's, it's the devil's attack one week before this event to, to kind of discourage me from, from making this move in our city. And I, and I knew it was. But I, I'm sorry to tell you guys that I didn't really respond that well. I let the devil eat my lunch for, for about three days. Um, I, I, I literally canceled all my appointments and sat in bed for two days. I just, and I actually had a conversation with God at, at one point that I'm really not even proud to tell you that I said, God, I know this is spiritual and I'm not ready for it. I, I can't do this and I don't want to do this. And if it means Sarah's going to have to go through this in order for me to reach a city, I don't want to reach a city. I don't care about the city anymore. I want Sarah. Now, I'm not proud of that, and I wasn't the right response, but that's just really honestly how I felt, and so now Saturday rolls around two, three days later, and I'm headed to our Saturday morning prayer service, and I'm, I'm leading it, and I'm not prepared. I've been in bed all day, sulking and complaining, and so I'm at the red light. I can see our office complex. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm half, half a mile away at a red light, and I'm trying to find a verse to share, because I got to get up there for that five minutes and say something, and I wasn't prepared, you know, so I, I'm sitting there driving, and my Bible's in the, in the passenger seat, and I'm just flipping, you know, just flip, I don't recommend this at all, but I was just flipping, you know, trying to find something, actually, I did one flip, <laughs> I don't recommend this at all, but I just did one flip, and it flopped open uh, to 1 Corinthians 15, where the Bible says, it's the whole discussion about, don't be concerned about how, what happens to bodies, the victory is not killing a body. He says, where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? I mean, it's just, that's that whole discussion in 1 Corinthians 15, and then it says, the next verse says, stand firm then, let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. That's what I read. I thought, my God, I know that's a word for me. And I went and preached that at, at the prayer service and had the best hour of prayer and repented to God for my attitude. Next morning, Sunday morning, I'm at Mountain Brook High School where we were portable church at that time. and. And a guy who's now on our staff, was just a member of our church at that time, Hamp Green, came up to me and, and he said, hey, you know, my he had heard about Sarah. Me, my dad, my dad is, is, um, is a neurologist uh, down in Montgomery. Why don't you let him go see her? And I was like, well, okay, you can't hurt. So on Monday, we're next day now, we drive down to Montgomery. This is two days before the event. And he does the same CAT scan and whatever they saw in the first one, they did not see in this one, but her eye was almost still where she could barely see out of it, almost Almost blinded completely in that eye. He goes, I don't know what they saw, but it's not MS. Your daughter's gonna be fine. I said, but what about her eye? He goes, I don't know. I don't think it's gonna get any better, I'm sorry to tell you, but she's not gonna die. And I kind of saw that as kind of a half victory, you know, like, okay, praise God. You know, I don't know. You know, it's one of those things like, I think this is good, you know, and so anyway, so now it's Wednesday, we had the event uh, 2,300 people came to a 2,600-seat auditorium. We had 600 first-time salvations. And on Thursday morning, Sarah gets up and her eyes better, and a week later, it's perfectly well. Are y'all listening to me, everybody? I mean, that's just like a real, that's a real story. That real, those things really happen. And I have 33 years of ministry experience, and I'm so happy to tell you students this, and I'm so happy to tell you guys that I have, just, I have enough years now and I have enough attacks that that you could you could probably think okay well that was interesting that it happened right here at Easter, but then it happened again the next Easter and it happened again or you know, it's, now that now I can chart it. And they're all, there's no way you could say it was random. And you could, no way you could say this is coincidence. I'm telling you, there's something going on there in the heavenly realms. And I'm convinced that we, if we could see it, we pray differently. We live differently. You would not be afraid of it. You, you take your stand in Jesus' name. Can I hear a good amen, everybody? All right. So I got to teach you this and I've got to debunk the, the weird part of it to people, make it something that you feel confident in so that in a few weeks when we actually pray these prayers, these, these prayers that we break the power of darkness off our lives and we're going to deal with our sin and we're going to deal with our wounds, but we've got to deal with this as well. In your notes, there's three things I want you to know. The number one is that demons are real. So this is not a, this is not a symbolic force. Uh, he, he's, 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 not, he's, he's not just a picture, he's not a metaphor, he's a real being. His name's Lucifer. Three named angels in scripture. Michael, Gabriel, Lucifer. Three named angels in scripture. And we know, of course, in both Isaiah 14, not in your notes, you might want to jot this down if you want to study it, Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28, the Bible gives the account of how Lucifer was the worship leader in heaven and how he really wanted, decided, you know, I'm so good at this and I'm so pretty and I'm so awesome, I think I'd rather be God. Instead of worshiping God, I wanna be the one worshiped. And so God, of course, in his pride, Lucifer's pride kicked him out of heaven and Revelation actually records the event, I want you to see it, in chapter 12. There was a war in heaven. We're gonna talk about that war more in just a second. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was not strong enough, and I want you to see that, that this is, it wasn't like this massive fight, it wasn't this big war, it wasn't like a two-hour Star Wars movie, you know what I'm saying, or a 10-minute or lightsaber, it, 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 it wasn't anything like that, everybody. But they, watch, it, watch what it says, it says, they... They lost their place. And in another scripture, it actually says that one third of the angels followed Lucifer in this fight. They lost their place in heaven. And the great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil, or, and now it names him, Satan, who leads the whole world astray. So in other words, a lot of what you're facing isn't you or other people. It's spiritual. He was hurled down to the earth with his angels with him. And and so that event actually took place, and one of the healthiest things that you can do is not do what they say 51% of Christians do, and that is they don't believe in a literal devil, which would be exactly what he would want you to believe. I mean, that would be the greatest trick of all, to mess you up, is to, is to believe that he doesn't exist. And so I think the first healthiest thought that you need to take with you is... Uh, there, there really is a devil, and, and you'd you, you do better if you'd recognize that. Here's the second thing you need to know, and that is uh, that that same devil wants to destroy you. So he's working overtime on this. He uh, actually, according to the Bible, schemes. In several places it calls, he says, the devil's schemes, which means he has a drawing board. And he's constantly at work trying to come up with a custom temptation or a custom tragedy. Like he studies you. And he knows where your weaknesses are. And he says, well, I won't mess with trying to get him to do that, but I, I, I don't mind trying to get him to do this. And, and it, it's, it's kind of like a fishing lure. And you just don't throw anything out there. You try to find the exact bait that, that will attract that fish. But what but, but, but the fish doesn't realize, and we do, it's got a hook in it, right? And that's what the enemy does. He's, he's luring you with good things. He, he doesn't come dressed up in a red jumpsuit and, and a pitchfork, everybody. He comes dressed up in everything you think you want. That's how he dresses himself up. And he's working really hard at that. In fact, the way I like to say it is, I think the devil works harder at destroying us than we work at not allowing him to do that in our lives. I think he's worked, so. He, so it makes sense that he would win if he's going to work harder than us. And, and we can't let that happen. I want to show it to you in the scripture so you can see it. In fact, I love the way it begins. Wake up. <laughs> hey, don't be naive. Be, be self-controlled and alert. You've got an enemy, and his name's the devil. I mean, that's one of the healthiest things for you just to let it sink in and believe that you've got an enemy, and he's the devil, and he prowls around like a roaring lion. Now how does a pr- prowling lion? How, how does a lion prowl around? Well, you know, he just did not walk out there and say, "Hey, who wants to be lunch?" No, he's in the bushes, right? And he's, he's the color of the, of the grass. That's why, I mean, nature made him the color of the grass. And he's in there blending in. That's exactly what the enemy does. He's looking for someone to devour. Hey, wake up. <laughs> Resist him. Stand firm in your faith. And I'm going to teach you how in this session. And I want to say something to you that may be a little controversial. And, 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 and I, I believe it's going to be controversial even for some of you Highlands college students. And that is, one of my piece is that people try to say, okay, well then tell me where the line is because I want to do as much as I can without letting the devil come in my life. And what I want to submit to you is don't even get close to the stuff. Like find, find out where he is and don't try to just, just get out of it. Get as far away as you can from it. I, I, my posture is, and I would recommend you, don't listen to me, but listen to the Holy Spirit in you to think about the areas where you know it's a gray area. You're letting some stuff that you know the devil's a part of in your life. And I'll just go ahead and say it. I don't participate in things like Halloween. Oh, Pastor Chris, that's just an innocent, that's just candy and costumes. Come on, give it up. You don't have to be all serious about stuff. Well, that may be the truth for somebody. And you know what? You may be exactly right. I may be completely wrong. But I, I, would have, I would rather be wrong and safe than, than, you know, and, than, than being involved in it and, and not. And, and just, and it, 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 those things are affecting us in some kind of way. I heard the story about a guy who was interviewing truck drivers, 18-wheeler truck drivers in some of the mountainous areas of the country. And he was looking for drivers. And one of the questions he would ask, his genius, he said, how many wheels Do you think you can hang off the edge of the cliff before the truck would actually tump over over the edge? And for every person who would actually give him an answer, well, I think I could hang at least a half a tire, at least the two back ones are like, he just never hired them. But the ones who said, you know what? I don't know, and I don't want to find out, you're hired. And I think some people like, especially young people, I say this to you guys, and adults alike, he's like, well, how many wheels of my moral life can I hang off the edge without the devil messing with me? no. Uh, if that's where the edge is, mm, I'm driving way over here. You know what? Because I'm going to fall. And if I fall on the edge, I've got a 50-50 chance of that fall being on the good side, and another 50-50 chance if it's going to be on the bad side, I'm gone forever. If I'm going to fall, I'd rather fall right over here in the safe territory where I can get back up again. Somebody say amen right there, right? The Bible says, have, say this word out loud in the small group here in college, have, n- have nothing to do with, With the fruitless. In other words, it wasn't going to help you anyway. The fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose it. And that's what I'm trying to do today with all my heart. I'm trying to expose the enemy. And by the way, I don't tell people how to live their lives. I lead them to the scriptures and I ask you to pray and ask God. And all you have to do is listen to the Holy Spirit in you because he will talk to you about this. Here's the third one. And this is where we're going to go really where it gets exciting. And that is that those same demons respond to higher authority. So, you got to understand this, and this will help you in your prayer time, everyone. Uh, The devil doesn't respond uh, just to churchgoers, and he doesn't respond to people who raise their voice, and he doesn't respond to people who know the right words to say. No, no, no. He is an authority, and he responds to authority. So, you got to think it more in military terms. If the devil is a captain and a private comes, he's just going to laugh at you. I don't know what the private says to the captain. But if a general tells that captain what to do, it's yes, sir. He responds that way. He's all, listen to me, he's all about authority. It's like all about authority to him. He responds to authority. That's why Ephesians says it this way. Finally, in other words, I'm gonna wrap up my whole teaching here, Paul says in, in this book, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. I want you to be powerful, Christians. Put on the full armor of God. Why, Paul? Because you're in a fight. So that you can take your stand against, and there it is again, the devil's schemes, the devil's scheming, and you need to be ready for it. And watch how he describes now the devil. For our struggle is not against people, it's not flesh and blood, it's not you, and it's not what others have done to you. That's what I talked about at the beginning. But it's against, now notice the words that are used it's against rulers, those are authorities. Against, and then it says the word authorities, against powers of the dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil. <laughs> In those heavenly realms. Well, all those are terms of authority. They, they are authorities. They they have authority. To which some of you are thinking, well, that's 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 a problem, because I know I'm a private in this whole Christian thing. I mean, i I'm, I'm just maybe you just gave your heart to Christ. <laughs> maybe maybe you feel intimidated by all this. Maybe maybe the thought of you being in a fight with the enemy uh, just just uh, uh, totally kind of wrecks you. <laughs> and I hey, ready for this? I totally get it except for one verse I got to show you. You ready for it? And that is, you don't have to worry about you because the one who is in you is greater. Like the one who's in you is greater. So this is the cool part of being a Christian is, I'm really not learning how to get make myself great so that I can outrank the devil finally. No, no, no. You can stay a private and just be in relationship with the general. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. So I don't even worry about making my rank go up. I just stay close to the general of the army. I just stay close to the one who outranks everybody else because the one who is in me, God, Jesus Christ, who's in me is, say the word out loud, is greater. It's greater. It's greater, greater than the one who's in the world. And of course, that's talking about the enemy. So how do you do this stuff? So what is the actual practice Let me give you two lists uh, in this small group, and I'm going to run through it very quickly. When you actually use that authority of God, in other words, to use that verse, to to have the one greater in you confronting that enemy, there are three tools or there are three uh, weapons that that God has given you to use, and you need to know what they are. The first one, and it is the highest one, it is the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the, the, it's the name, one place says, that is above all other names. It's at the name of Jesus. So, so it means like when you're confronting the enemy, since you may see yourself and actually be a private, and you may be under the rank of, of, the, of the stronghold of the enemy, but you don't come in your name. You're coming in general of the army's name. I have five kids, and from time to time, I will tell my kids, hey, tell your brother it's time time for dinner, Or tell your sister, hey, y'all, you you know, come in here. And every time one of them says, hey, it's time for dinner, it's so funny, they just completely ignore, like, whatever, you know, get out of my room, you know what I'm saying, right? They just completely don't care. But if they go in there and say, hey, daddy said, (laughs) come to dinner, that's like, they they, they gonna get up, you know what I'm saying? Come on, y'all, where y'all at? That's our parenting curriculum, you ought to come to that too, it's really good, all right? (laughs) But, because, but what they're what they really doing is bringing a message on behalf of another name. And that's what you're doing. You're bringing a message on behalf of another name. All right, I want you to see this in the Bible a couple places. It says the 72, and these were 72 people, so the 12, the, the 12 disciples plus a bunch more. Jesus said, hey, ah, there's too many people. Go pray for a bunch of people for me. And, and they came back with joy, and they were fired up. They said, Lord, we're so shocked because we're nobodies. We're not even one of your 12 disciples, Yet demons are submitting to us in your name. And Jesus said, oh, of course, I told you. Because they're not listening to you. They're, they're listening to me. You're using, you're using my name. Are y'all seeing this, everybody? And he replied... In fact, Jesus says, and let me tell you why. Let me tell you why they respond. Because I was sitting right next to dad when dad kicked Lucifer out of heaven. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I was there. And, and he basically was saying, and guys, it was so cool. Because when dad decided to kick him out, it lasted about the length of a lightning bolt. Over. That's how long the fight lasted. I mean, when God, <laughs> I just think that's hilarious. You know, if you can imagine, God just decides at one second, he's done, and Satan was no more, and it was just done, right? He said, I saw him fall like lightning from heaven, and watch this. Here's the phrase. You ought to underline it in your notes, and that is, I have now given you that authority. So the same authority that caused Satan to fall like lightning bolt, I have given you that authority. You ought to, you ought to memorize that verse, students to trample, and these are symbols of of demon forces, snakes and scorpions, and overcome all the power of the uh, the enemy, enemy so that nothing shall by any means harm you. Philippians says it this way, that at the name of Jesus, there it is again, every knee will bow. Oh, that's just talking about people. Well, really? In heaven, on earth, and under the earth. That's just everywhere. That's hell too. They all bow. They all bow to the name. They all bow to the name. So you, you bring the name every time you fight the enemy, all right? Here's the second thing, and that is the authority of the Word of God. Now, you need to read this book. And you need to read this book not for devotional purposes alone. Praise God for the kumbaya moments we have in the morning, and the coffee, and the, the, oh, the psalm that just made me feel so much better today. You know, I'm, praise God for all that. That's really not what this book is. This book is not your devotional book. You can use it for devotions, but it's not your devotional book. The Bible says the Bible is a sword, which is an offensive weapon. so you got to start seeing your Bible differently. This is not a book to like, oh, that's a cool story. Or man, I think I'll use that principle. Praise God for all that. We, We do that and I believe in all that. But its main use is weaponry. It is the sword of the Spirit. It's an offensive weapon. It's the sword of the Spirit of God. You got to use it as the offensive weapon. And that is why uh, in the temptation of Jesus, it's in Matthew 4 and Luke 4. So you can look both places. They're parallel passages. Every time the devil uh, devil tempted Jesus, Jesus always responded not with a stop. No, he didn't do that or get out of here. No, he used a verse. He used a verse. And here's what I tell people. Every time you face something, find a verse and then use it as a weapon. Uh, I see how you're trying to do this, but I'm so sorry you can't because of this. And you use it as an offensive weapon against your enemy. And that's why scripture memory is so important, gentlemen. That's why I want you guys to, to memorize your Bible because you're going to need it for weaponry. So. So every time the enemy comes against you in fear, I don't think so, because I have Psalm 27, the Lord is my light, my salvation, whom shall I fear, right? You have that, yeah, but I'm broke, man, I, I ain't got no money, I can hardly pay attention I'm so broke. I mean, I don't, I, I. I don't. well, but I have Philippians 419 that says, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. I mean, you have to find a verse for every single situation. Can I hear a good amen, everybody? You got to start seeing your Bible differently, it's the authority authority of the word of God. Here's the third one, and that is the authority of the blood of the cross. The blood of the cross. The cross. The cross is powerful. In fact, the cross was the ultimate defeat of the devil. It was the ultimate defeat. In fact, the cross, I wish wish we all could see a picture, and hopefully when we get into heaven, they'll replay the tape, of the moment when Jesus gave up his final breath on the cross, and then the party took off in hell. Oh, we did it. We finally got rid of that dude because the, because the devil knows he needs a body, that God needs a body to do stuff. Um, he, needs, he, he, needs, he needs our bodies. And now that Jesus' body is dead, Jesus is dead. But what the devil didn't realize is that Jesus was paying for sins to make our bodies clean so that that same power could be in our bodies. He didn't realize that. And that's why it says when he really thought he'd won there, he actually, that was the worst thing that could have happened to the enemy because now Christians overcome him by the blood of the lamb, by what happened at the cross. And so you simply apply this one by saying, yeah, devil, uh, but uh, uh, I remind you of what happened at the cross of Jesus Christ. I just remind him. The blood of Jesus Christ, it defeats you. That was your ultimate defeat. Just making that statement, bringing confidence in your own heart and defeat to our enemy. So again, what I'm trying to do is get you in a lifestyle practice of what we simply call spiritual warfare. I want you to learn it. I want you to study it. And then at our conference in a few weeks, you're gonna experience it. It's gonna be powerful. And I'll give you a couple more verses and then I'm gonna give you just a closing thought. But again, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him, gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and heal every disease and sickness. We see these scriptures all throughout that this this is the lifestyle that God wants us to live. Romans 8 says, in all things, that means everything you're facing, your marriage, your money, your emotions, your health, everything you're facing, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us from convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither the present, future, powers, Height, depth, nothing in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. My main goal is for you to expose the enemy, bring you confidence, debunk the myths, let you you have confidence in this area. And now I want you to begin to walk it out. And to do that, you're going to need to do three things, and I'll give you these in closing. And the first is you need to submit yourself to God. Submit yourself to God. Let me say it this way. You're gonna be only as effective in spiritual warfare as you are submitted to God. Your submission level determines your authority level. So if you ever get out there on your own, and we, we all do from time to time, you just need to know your authority was lessened in that moment. Come back as fast as you can. The amazing thing about Jesus is his amazing grace. He'll continually forgive you. Ask his forgiveness, but keep yourself fully submitted to God. And I want to show it to you in scripture. And the order is what's important here. Because it says, submit yourselves then to God. Now you can resist the devil and he will flee from you. And I would submit to you that if you ever try to do this, without doing this, it ain't going to work. Okay? Keep the order right. So always stay fully submitted. My, My encouragement to you is, I do it every day. I've only been saved once. I don't don't need to be saved multiple times. But I go through the same prayers that I prayed the day I got saved. Lord, all over again, I give you my life. And I thank you that my sins are forgiven. And today, I surrender myself completely to you. Just pray prayers like that. Say, fully surrendered, fully submitted to God. Here's the second thing is, and I can't do this. You're going to have to do this on your own. And that is, you're going to have to go through your own life and close any open doors that we have for the devil. So it really doesn't matter how much you pray all these prayers. It doesn't matter how much, you, how much insurance you buy or, or how many locks you have on your doors if you're going to keep the windows open. And it's funny how Christians will say, well, I'm expecting God to do this, but we have all these other areas where we're letting the enemy come into our lives. Now, I can't show you this, but I'll tell you this for a fact, that if you'll ask God show me the areas where I have just open doors, where I'm exposed to the works of darkness He'll show you. I promise you he'll show you. I'll show you, I'll show you two, just two. And there's, there's long lists of things that they could be. But here's two. Because Paul said, he was actually talking about a guy they had disciplined in the previous book, 1 Corinthians. And now, they had actually, the church had disciplined him so hard, Paul's saying, hey, you need to let the guy back in. He's, he wants to come back in. And, he's, and, and this is kind of where they're picking up in the story, but it's interesting where it ends. Watch this. Because he says, anyone you forgive... I just want you to know, guys, I've forgiven him too, so let's let him back in. And what I have forgiven, if there was anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake, and we both really need to let this guy in and get that junk out of our heart of how he offended us so that Satan might not outwit us. What Paul was saying here is, you, you know, you punish this guy, and he really did wrong, but if you really let that pain of what he did to you stay in there too long, you're gonna let the devil win Ultimately. I mean, we need to forgive this guy. I know he hurt you. We need to forgive this guy so that we don't let Satan outwit us. And then I love the way it ends. For we are not unaware of his, and there's that word again, of his schemes. Guys, don't be unaware that when you're holding stuff in your heart, you are limiting your authority to pull down these strongholds. Let me show you another one, just one more real real quickly. Paul said here, in your anger, that's the topic of this one, and your anger, don't sin. So that means you can be angry and not sin. There's a line where you devilly cross. And, and here's the line. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. That means you've let it, you've stored it somewhere in your heart. Because watch what he says next. Because if you do, you're basically leaving the window open. You've given the devil a foothold. You've given him a place to come in. So we're gonna actively close the door. So listen to me. You need some, you need some everyday stuff. Here's everyday stuff. Surrender yourself to God. Lord, is there any open doors in my life, the TV shows I'm watching, the things I'm involved in, the stuff that's in my heart, the music I listen to? The, is there any area in my life where it's just, I basically I'm just left a window open for the enemy to come in? I'm letting the enemy come into my life. I don't need to tell you. The Holy Spirit will show you. And then once you've done that, you can do the final thing. And we're gonna do this today, the next few weeks, and then big time at the conference. And that is we're gonna confront our enemy. And I want you to do it every day. And I wanna close with this thought. And and that is, is that too many, for too many people, they think Christianity is passive, quiet, sweet, contemplative, you know, it is those things, but it's not just those things. And ready for this? Neither is prayer. Prayer is this, I think about God, I journal, I read my Bible, I have devotions, I cry, oh, this is so good. But it's not all that. Prayer is not just... communion with God. It is confrontation with the devil. And I would like to bring into your prayer times have all those devotions and nice times, but there needs to be a moment to say, and in the name of Jesus, you're not having my family. And I tell you to take your hands off my marriage in the name of Jesus. And bitterness and all the junk in my heart and the unforgiveness, I break its power off of me. Every curse, every wound, every hurt, it's not gonna dominate my life. I am bought with a price and I belong to Jesus. I mean, you're gonna, you're gonna confront your enemy. And i will close with this, this verse out of 2 Corinthians. For though we live in the world, we don't use the weaponry of the world. We don't have bombs and meanness and I'm going to write you a letter. Or, we don't do it that way, no. The weapons we fight with are not like the weapons of the world. On the contrary, our weapons have divine power not to hurt people or to mess with people, but to demolish strongholds. That's what we're trying to do. That's the devil. And how? We take every argument and every pretension. Now, a lot of those two words to say that's how the devil fights us is with lies. And we take every lie and we turn it around to the truth of what God's word says. And I'm gonna to close today's small group session by doing that for you. And I'm gonna pray it over you, you guys as well. That God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we're so grateful today that you have given us the weapons of our warfare. I'm grateful today, God, for the name of Jesus, the highest name, that I don't have to rely on Chris being a powerful name because the one who is in me is greater. So I wear the badge that says I'm a follower of Jesus and every demon in hell has to respond to that name. I'm grateful today, God, for the word of God that in every situation I can find a verse and overcome my enemy. And I pray, God, let the Bible come alive for every person in small group. I thank you, Lord. Lord God, for the blood of Jesus, the ultimate defeat of the devil, that 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 you went to the cross, and that 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 you we overcome our enemies through the blood of the Lamb, the ultimate defeat that you've given us your power. And so, Lord, I pray that you help every every person participating in our freedom curriculum. God, I thank you for the next three weeks. God, they're going to expose the enemy so that we can be prepared to confront him fully in every way. And I thank you for a great victory and power in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you guys. Thanks again for listening to this message. Do you know someone who'd be blessed by it? Make sure to share it with them this week.